Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson sells out gender dysphoric children. We learned this week that the love of money is the root of all evil. Well, we learned that in Scripture. This week, purportedly conservative Christian governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, just reminded us of it when he sold out children to corporate interests. For those still basking blithely in the afterglow of America's once shining light, or are socially distancing under a rock, the Arkansas legislature sent a bill to Hutchinson that would prohibit doctors from the risky and experimental use of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, some of the effects of which are permanent, for the treatment of gender dysphoria in minors. It would prohibit surgeons from performing mutilating irreversible cosmetic procedures on minors, and it would prohibit the use of public funds, including Medicaid, for any of those barbaric snake oil treatments. The purportedly conservative, purportedly Christian Hutchinson vetoed this common-sense bill to protect children from procedures that are devastating young, healthy bodies. Hutchinson might reflect for a moment on who exactly is cheering his decision. Hint, it's not conservatives. Oh, no, it's the trans cult, the entertainment industry, the medical-industrial complex, the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party, that is CNN, NBC, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, soulless, amoral corporate America, BLM, the ACLU, and the Human Rights Campaign. Word to Hutchinson, if all the good guys are criticizing you and all the bad guys are cheering you, maybe you made a disastrous decision. On Tucker Carlson's Fox News program, Hutchinson defended his decision by appealing to conservative small government commitments, the last refuge of conservative scoundrels who want to embrace progressive positions on social issues. He also said the bill goes too far because it would stop minors who are already being experimented on from continuing with treatments to conceal their biological sex. Of course, Small or limited government doesn't mean no government, nor does it mean abandoning children to the trans cult and the godless profiteers who line their pockets with the lucre gained by chemically sterilizing children and lopping off parts of their sexual anatomy. Many people, stunned by Hutchinson's decision and not duped by his small government rationalization, look to corporate pressure as the real reason for Hutchinson's alignment with the dark side. In March, Hutchinson appeared on another Fox News show and was asked about corporate pushback against legislation that promotes sexual sanity. Hutchinson responded, quote, We're the home of some major global corporations here in Arkansas. They're certainly worried about the image of our state, end quote. Immediately after Hutchinson's veto, left-leaning Tom Walton, whose family owns Walmart, issued this public pat on the back to Hutchinson. And I quote him, We are alarmed by the string of policy targeting LGBTQ people in Arkansas. This trend is harmful and sends the wrong message to those willing to invest in or visit our state. We support Governor Asa Hutchinson's recent veto of discriminatory policy and implore government, business, and community leaders to consider the impact of existing and future policy that limits basic freedoms and does not promote inclusiveness in our communities and economy, end quote.
Our founding fathers would be surprised to learn that our basic freedoms include the freedom of children to stop puberty, take cross-sex hormones, and have healthy body parts cut off. According to the Institute of Southern Studies, quote, Stuart Walton has been a generous donor to the Arkansas Republican Party, as well as to Hutchinson's campaign, end quote. And Tucker Carlson reported that he spoke with a source who said that when the term-limited Hutchinson leaves office in 2022, he would very much like a board seat at Walmart. There are some curious omissions in Hutchinson's public statements about the bill he vetoed. For example, Hutchinson pointed to the depression and high rates of suicidal ideation or suicide among gender dysphoric minors. He implied that depression arises from gender dysphoria and can be alleviated by cross-sex hormone doping. He didn't seem to know that both depression and gender dysphoria can be symptoms of some other underlying problem. And he didn't address studies showing that cross-sex hormone doping can increase suicidal ideation or studies showing that suicidal ideation increases after gender confirmation butchery. Hutchinson didn't address the shocking increase in the number of adolescent girls now identifying as boys. Before the trans cult stopped its slow titration of their ideological poison into the body politic, gender dysphoria affected a minuscule portion of the population and affected mostly boys, beginning between the ages of 3 to 5. Upwards of 80% of those boys eventually desisted from identifying as girls. Now, with the secular world promoting opposite-sex impersonation, particularly via social media, there is an explosion of adolescent girls and young women suddenly identifying as males. As psychologists and sociologists know, girls are much more vulnerable to social contagions, like anorexia, bulimia, cutting, and now cross-sex identification. Hutchinson didn't mention the politicization of the professional medical and mental health communities. For example, while trans cultists and their ideological allies like to tout the American Academy of Pediatrics' endorsement of the medical transing of children, they don't like to mention that the pro-transing policy was created and voted on by fewer than 50 members of the now 67,000-member Academy. Hutchinson didn't mention the increasing number of young women who detransition and deeply regret having taken testosterone and or having had their healthy breasts cut off. These young women with permanently male voices and scarred chests that will never nurse a baby feel betrayed by the medical and mental health communities. Hutchinson didn't talk about the health risks from the experimental use of puberty blockers and hormones never tested for long-term cross-sex use, risks that include infertility, liver dysfunction, coronary artery disease, cancer, strokes, osteoporosis, and the development of gallstones, blood clots, hypertension, and pituitary gland tumors. Hutchinson never talked about the ethics of turning healthy children into lifelong medical patients. You know who likes that? Endocrinologists and pharmaceutical companies, that's who. Someone should ask Hutchinson whether his limited government principles would lead him to oppose bans on limb amputations for those with body integrity identity disorder, 
a condition in which the sufferer experiences a mismatch between his bodily wholeness and his internal sense of himself as an amputee. And what about female genital mutilation, FGM, which was banned by the Stop FGM Act of 2020 and signed into law by former President Trump? Would small government Hutchinson oppose a ban on the excision of female genitalia from a 14-year-old girl who, for religious or cultural reasons, wants her genitalia mutilated? While leftists, practiced at the art of deception and the skill of newspeak, describe the slicing off of female genitalia as mutilation, they describe the slicing off of breasts as gender affirmation care. Since girls as young as 13 are having double mastectomies, a 2015 article by Derek Diaz and published in the DePaul University Journal of Healthcare Law about cosmetic surgery for minors may offer some helpful insights, and I quote him, Minors should not have access to cosmetic surgery unless found by a court to be medically necessary. If medical necessity has not been shown, then the service should be prohibited the same as any regulated service or product prohibited to minors. A medical necessity determination can be made through a four-pronged analysis. First, does the impairment hinder a minor's normal physical function? And is the proposed surgery intended to treat a present or future clinically verifiable disease, deformity, or injury? Second, is the physical anomaly objectively tangible and unusual or relatively common? Third, what is the state of the minor applicant's psychological health? And fourth, would a reasonable minor in the applicant's position be hindered from normal functioning by the condition, for example, avoiding normal childhood or adolescent activities. Regardless of whether continued legislative non-interference is sound policy, generally speaking, it is absolutely not so with regard to minors, as states have statutory mandates to protect their health and welfare. When it comes to cosmetic surgery on minors, states must have an intervening hand in preventing the potentially harmful effects of caveat emptor, end quote. Transcultists and their allies try to get around this position by arguing that amputating the healthy natural breasts of minor girls is medically necessary, but it's not, and leftists have no conclusive research-based proof that it is. On March 30th, just days before his surprising veto, Hutchinson met with two trans cultists, both men who pretend to be women, including Evelyn Rio Stafford, a justice of the peace in Arkansas, who pleaded with Hutchinson to veto the bill. I wonder, did Hutchinson talk to any parents of teen daughters who suddenly started identifying as boys? Did he talk to any young, detransitioned women who grieve over their damaged bodies in the betrayal of adults who didn't stop them? Did he talk to any of the members of the American College of Pediatricians who oppose experimentation on the healthy bodies of children? Did he consult with Abigail Schreier, the Wall Street Journal writer who wrote the book Irreversible Damage about the harm being done to adolescent girls? Has he read any of the articles by historically leftist Jennifer Bilek, who has been exposing the, quote, money behind the rapidly growing juggernaut of transgenderism in American culture and beyond, which, 
all lead back to the pharmaceutical and tech giants that now interface with LGBT NGOs, which are driving the normalization of a biology-denying ideology, end quote. There is some good news emerging from Arkansas. The Arkansas legislature overrode Hutchinson's unconscionable veto. If Hutchinson's relationship to God and to truth are his first priorities, which they should be, he should publicly confess his sin and repent. Something tells me, however, that confession and repentance aren't on his agenda.